0: Hey guys and girls, I hope that you're all doing well and that you enjoyed today's episode. Just a quick reminder to head over to www.vwphysique.com where you can download your free program. The first program available for download is a bikini girl split, which will be lower body, upper body and then full body. And then the second one available for download will be a male push-pull leg split that mostly be suited towards your sort of men's physique or classic physique. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Emma and thanks for listening hey guys and welcome to today's episode of give it the beans now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you the uk's number one posing coach it's the one and only emma Hindman. how are we doing today emma
1: i am fantastic firstly thank you so much for having me on i'm super 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 thrilled to be here um i'm excited
0: not a problem it was actually at the request of quite a few of our clients who work with a lot of bikini girls and they all wanted to, to learn, from the, learn from the best but yeah. i understand that there's some listeners that are perhaps new to the game, new to bodybuilding, and they maybe perhaps have been living under a rock and they don't know who Emma Hindman <laughs> is. So what I wonder, could you give us I'm not gonna say a brief, I want a, a good introduction of who yeah. you are, your journey within bodybuilding. Yeah. And where you kinda of, how how you got to where you're at to date
1: yeah yeah okay so i um previously was a professional dancer and um i did professional training here in leeds and also in new york where i lived for a little little while um when i got to about the age of 27 i'm now 34 uh, um i crossed over into fitness and i started to realize you know Dancing doesn't really pay the bills. Um, I love it because it's my passion, but I'm getting a little bit older now. What am I going to do with my future? So crossover into fitness and personal training. And at that time, um, the first gym that I worked in was um, called Fitness First here in Leeds. And I, I worked around two personal trainers that were also bodybuilders. And I was really, really impressed by them, really inspired. I'd buy them. And I used to look at them and think, oh, I'd love to do that one day, I would absolutely love it. And um, I decided uh, that I just thought, I'm gonna do a show. And my two friends that were bodybuilders, they said to me, and my friend Ricky Moore, who's um, he's, he's a great PT and, and bodybuilder here in Leeds, he said to me, um, let's do it. Okay then, let's do it. So I thought, okay, here we go. Knew nothing about it, hadn't even watched a show. At that time, you didn't have, um, there wasn't heaps of content on social media. There was no Instagram. Uh, YouTube, few and far between. If you wanted to look at something, it was probably something from the 80s. Yeah. Um, and and I just, you know, kind of went into it pretty blind. Um, so did my first show, which was the NABA UK, and it was Tone Figure. At that time, there was only really um, NABA and UK BFF. And you tend to you you pretty much found that gyms were either NABBA or they were UK BFF. <laughs> Right. My gym was NABBA. so okay. it wasn't even an option for me to go and do UKBSF Which obviously in UKBFF you could have started with bikini, so went bikini and then figure. NABBA didn't have that, so I went straight in at toned figure. My first show, I was like a sponge. Um, the posing. I mean, I'm sure if people haven't seen some of my uh, my first um, posing pictures to now, the posing wasn't even that great then. You know, I had stage presence because I was a dancer, I was a performer. Um, I, I loved being on stage. But as far as the the posing, the, the craft of it, I was clueless. Like I was just, I remember being on stage and luckily because I am a dancer, looking at the other girls who at that time, you know, you're your, your tone figure girls at the very top, like Kelsey Young, Charlotte McGill, and um, Nikki Bentham. And um, I remember being like wedged in between these two amazing tone figure girls who were very, very experienced. And they, they definitely done a few seasons. And I remember thinking they're not doing the same quarter turns as me. And I just thought, okay, I'm just going to try and copy them. Um, so it was a huge eye opener. The bikini, wasn't as it should have been the tan was way too light the the makeup wasn't like wasn't stage heavy enough and the posing wasn't where it should be the physique wasn't where it should be and i think in that first show i placed seventh which obviously isn't a place and you only really get top six and i did happen to win best presentation so i thought okay i'm onto something here so immediately I got recognition for my pose and routines, which also now looking back in hindsight, they were way, way, way over the top to what they needed to be. They weren't even necessarily a pose and routine. It was definitely more like an acrobatics routine with a few poses thrown in the middle.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so that was really the beginning of the journey. So that was 2013. And for three years, I didn't miss a season. I competed every single season. Now, in hindsight, probably should have taken a a good six to 12 months off. But me being me and having that, I think it's like, I don't know if it's a dancer's or an athlete's mindset. I was just like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to go again and again and again and again until I start to see the results that I want. So over the course of those two, three years, slowly um, built my way up, up the ranks. Because I think there's, there's that definitely plays a part in it as well. You become more experienced. You kind of know your competitors. And after every single show, I'd sit down. The show was always on a Sunday. I'd sit down um, with my, my coach at the time. And he was a photographer. So we used to sneakily go in and take pictures at the front as well. Mm-hmm. So it meant that I actually had, on a Monday morning... And, you know, the fire's still lit. I'd go in, we'd sit down, we'd look at the pictures and, and, and I would be able to see where I was going wrong, what I needed, what the, the winner had that I didn't have. Okay, so now I know I need more shoulder cap. Okay, uh, I need to improve on the lower half. I need to bring the glutes up. The quads need a little bit more um, out of sweep. Um, so that's really something that I applied after every single show, um, and I just continued to just improve on the physique as much as possible. Um, took me took me three years to win, which a lot of people find it hard to believe. And I'm like, I've been there, guys. It probably took me twice as long. <laughs> um, but there wasn't there wasn't really online coaches. There wasn't the information that there is out there now there definitely wasn't any posing coaches sure. at all. Um, you really had to be self-taught and kind of figure it out for yourself. Um, and the only way you could really learn was to go and watch the shows or watch the girls or stand next to them. Um, so ironically, the, the first show that I won was also the first show that I ever did. So I won the, the NAVA UK 2016. And then once I got that first win, which I actually remember saying before that show... If I do not win this show, I'm doing something incredibly wrong. Like I, I, I was this close to throwing the towel in and I was slowly working my way up the ranks. I'd gone from not placing to sixth to getting fourth and then third and then second. Yep. And I was like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um. So won the NABBA UK and then after that I went on to win the British um the 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 number british finals and then and then all prior to the british finals i'd already decided that i was gonna take myself off to the NABA worlds in brazil
0: wow
1: (laughs) you know aim high as you do and i just thought you know what i'm really i felt like i was really at the top end of my game and um if there was ever a time where i was ready to do this it was then and i just won the uk um and the universe was before the uk so when you win the universe you get you is the winner they're then supported and taken by the um, the nabba uk team to compete and the world. obviously that wasn't me i came third i came third in the universe um but i thought even even regardless of that i was like i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go and put myself in the mix it'll be an amazing opportunity um, and so then, in between the NABA UK deciding to go to the world, I then won the British. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit more confident here. I feel a little bit more um, confident about going to the world. So we went to Brazil, um, and I remember thinking, do you know what? My goal here is really just to, top six would be amazing. And yeah. it's, it's a world stage, you know. Um, there's girls from all across the world who are talking Korea, um, Spain, Italy, Brazil, um, you know, Russia, the standard is incredible. So I thought top six would be phenomenal. Top three would be an absolute dream. And um, I remember being on stage and I felt, you know what, this is the best I've ever looked as a tone figure athlete. Really, really happy with the condition. The shape was there. I'd worked obviously three years up until this point and stood on stage. They call six, fifth, fourth and I thought oh fantastic I'm in I'm in top three this is bloody great and then they called top three uh which was Natalie McKenna who was there representing the UK and then um and I thought oh gosh I'm in top two then they called second place and I thought oh wow okay I've just won the world so really really poignant moment for me um and just felt obviously incredible. This was the, the the moment I'd really worked up to. So during that point as well, I, I'd started to get into posing coaching. Um, a lot of females came to me mainly initially for the routine. Um, so I um, So I started to work with mainly, they, they they were more trained figure females and they were just coming to me to put run a bit of an eye over their posing routine. As I started to work with them, I started to go, oh, just try, try and move your arm here or just try your foot position here. I wonder what would happen if you just stick your foot out a little bit more. Yeah. So I naturally started to adapt their their posing because uh, I, had, um, I had an eye. I had an eye for the shapes and the angles, just simply from my dance background. Over time, that just kind of organically grew. So we were around about 20... 2016 now, so I've won the worlds. I'm starting to build the, the the posing side of things. I'm also still personal training. That's going really great. Not really dancing anymore. And um, and then I I kind of get to a crossroads where I start to think posing's becoming really really popular. And it's it's almost I'm a, I'm a, another crossroads. Um, do do I just focus solely on the PT because I need to just do one thing? and to make a, you know, a really great success of it? Um, or do I choose the posing? What am I more passionate about? The posing, you know, I'm creative, I'm in the studio, I'm working with different people all the time. Um, and also as a massive part of my background is that I teach and I, and I was a teacher for 10 years through, throughout dancing. And I taught everyone from little tiny, teeny boppers to pro dancers and everything in between. So I've got that skill as well. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and make a business out being a posing coach. Um, also at this stage, throughout 2016 and the run-up to the world, I started working with a mindset coach, a performance coach, mainly for the Worlds, just to really cultivate that champion mindset, sure. which was already installed in me, but I really just wanted to, to mold and develop it and almost like water and feed it as much as possible. And that also then crossed over into business. And I started to get more confident about, okay, yeah, this is what I wanna do. This is what I'm passionate about. I'm gonna make a future out of this. So I decided to take on my own premises. Uh, I had a posing studio built, and also within the posing studio, there is a, a PT facility as well. So I thought, okay, so I can still personal train, but I can really start to bring up the posing side of things. And then I'm like, okay, I need to brand it. Need a branding to build business. Yep. So the person pro was built born. Um, and then I think when you decide to fully commit to something, um it, it's almost a sink or swing, swim moment. And I'm not a person that likes to fail. And also if I'm passionate about something, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go even harder on it. And I just like really put my all into it. Um so that was 2017, and took on my own studio. And I took a year off competing and I just guest posed for a year with my friend Michaela. So we did Sass Squad, which was amazing. Uh, we covered so many shows across the year. Uh, we guest posed at Body Power. We opened JP's show. We did loads of PCA shows. So it was fantastic. And then I started to judge. So then the judging helped the the uh, the credibility of the posing Um, and also then I just really started to just build the brand as much as I could and I think one of the key aspects in that is just giving as much value and content to everyone that wants to hear it. So that's something I I, I still do to this day. I try and give as much free help and advice um, so people can go away and really start to master their own craft as well. And then I, so as I was building the Pose and Pro, I then decided to go and try and get a pro card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I started, I worked with Jordan Peters and we, um, at that stage I'd just taken on the studio. I decided to start training to, to to move a category up as well. So then, you know, the, the goal and the focus on that also switched and changed. So it meant I everything had to step up a little bit. And um, at the same time, um, so my, my days were get up, do cardio, get on that stairmaster in the studio, come home, uh, do my check-in with Jordan, get my meals done for the day, then go to the studio and work all day. Uh, and it, obviously, when you're building a business, you you can't do anything less than 100%. Yeah. So there was no option to pick and choose when I wanted to work. There was no option to do four sessions instead of eight sessions. I'm trying to build a brand and a business and this that's going to be my livelihood. So everything that I do now is crucial. So I just thought, okay, well, good job. You've got no social life right now because you <laughs> are fully in prep. So my days were literally train, coach, train again, Come home, do emails till like one, two in the morning, and then same again the next day. And I did that for about nine months. Um, got the pro card, so um, got a pro card in PCA. Got their first ever athletic figure pro card, and then right after that, I got my IFBB figure pro card as well. So that kind of kind of brings us up to present day. Yeah. <laughs> that's the journey. A I love it. One.
0: <laughs> I love it. And you know what? It, what I think that shows is that you really came through the trenches, shall we say, you know. You've came yeah. you came from a time where bodybuilding wasn't all about Instagram and who could take the, the best like butt selfie in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all the way to It was none. None of that. <laughs> all the way to now. So I think that the brand you've created is is awesome. And anyone who's anyone within bodybuilding knows who Emma Hyman is and knows that she is the shit. Oh. You know what I mean? And Across the board, across categories, across federations, whatever it is, you know the ins and outs of every single pose, the mistakes, the common things and whatnot, and I know that the listeners will gain a huge amount of, of value of what we'll speak about today. So yeah, I just thought the passion you spoke with when it came to your whole journey and how you, how you were invested with it, you have to just, I'm sitting here, I'm just like, I just fucking respect the shit out of you for everything that you just said, <laughs> said. you know what I mean? So I just want to get cracking straight on. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for it. now what I'm thinking of is there's a lot of beginners out there listening. They've just got into bodybuilding. They've mm-hmm. they've seen their their pal has went on stage. They've, they've done a year or two of training, and they're thinking, "I'm," it's my alarm. They're thinking, "You know what? I'm going to try this." But they just start a prep like you did. You know, say they start. I'm going to show 20, 20 weeks out, and then they think, "Oh wow!" But I've got to do this posing thing. What's what's that all about now? you yeah. know that's what you're all about so can you kind of discuss on someone if they're going to think about competing when should they begin to pose in your opinion and how long should they perhaps you know practice and whatnot in the lead up to that show yeah,
1: yeah. so the moment you decide that you want to compete you change your mindset towards training you change your mindset towards um food and your you know how you're eating and what you're eating um so Really, ultimately, posing needs to go hand in hand with that. Um, The quicker you master something, the the less work you've got to do further down the line. So my advice is always, the moment you decide you're going to compete is the moment you stop learning your posing. Um, Get ahead of the game. Get the hard work done now, because I think a lot of athletes, especially males sometimes, underestimate how hard posing is.
0: Yes, 100%. I can see that from first hand experience.
1: Yeah, the the females, like not all of them, but uh, 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 the ones that tend to have the best results and that not just in posing, but in their results in competition, they come like a year before they start, like getting before they're getting on stage. So if they're doing like a 16 week prep, they, they've already come to me six months before that. You know, so always think about, What you don't want to be doing is adding more pressure to yourself when you're eight, four weeks out, and go, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, God, I better start. Oh, God, let's call the posing pro. I cannot tell you how many mails I get at four weeks out going, please, can you squeeze me in? I really need to learn my pose, and it's in four weeks' time. Oh, you guys drive me around the bend. But, yeah, ultimately, the moment you decide you are going to do a show, that's when we want to start practicing. Now, for your second part of the question, how often? This varies from person to person. Some people, they can pick up quite naturally. So they tend to move and progress a little bit quicker. Um, some people, it, it might need breaking down and a little bit more time, patience and persistence. So that means you've got to practice more. Now, for me, I am the type of person I want to bring my absolute best on stage now am i going to bring my absolute best on stage when i'm only practicing my posing twice a week no am i going to bring my absolute best if i'm practicing every single day yes so for me that would be my advice um practice as much as you need to to bring your level of perfection i want perfection so you really as an athlete we should all really want want that as well because essentially that's really what makes the difference between placing and not placing or
0: sixth and third third and first i think you're you're so right and that to to touch on that comment about about guys the amount of clients i've prepped over the years when i'm like so how's things going if you start posing oh no no, i'll get on that soon i'm like cool you're 18 weeks out you really need to 12 weeks out you how's that posing oh yeah i'll I'll arrange it and then next thing you know, it's show day, and they do one one round of quarter turns, and they're gassed. Yeah, I'm like, you can't keep your lower abs in. We're fucked.
1: And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even more so for the guys, um, they they should be the ones that are drilling it. You know, so when you're when you're in those final four weeks of prep, you should be so gassed in your posing practice that it, also, it almost becomes part of your cardio. <laughs> yeah. Because you know yourself 100%. once you get on stage. You've not. It's not the same as being at your at home in front of your mirror, you know, or in front of your partner practicing. You've got excitement, adrenaline, nerves, lighting Um, you know, the body's under a different kind of pressure. Can you do? Are you ready for that pressure? Can you hit all angles when you are under that pressure? Because if you've not been drilling it five, ten rounds at a time, it's not ingrained in, in your um in 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 your long-term memory and that's i think where a lot of people go wrong they practice it a bit and no pressure no lights no camera no action and they're fine but the moment you step on stage a lot of it
0: goes out the window well that's the thing right so let's take the scenario where we've got you know whether it's a bikini girl or a men's physique guy all they do is they spend time practicing in the mirror in the mirror in the mirror in the mirror and that's the only thing they do so with your clients Do you get them doing it away from the mirror? Do they do it recording from their phone? Not from the the selfie, I'm looking at myself, but turning the phone round. What sort of strategies do you do with that? I've got a few different strategies. um, And my...
1: This is another thing, like with my craft and how I teach, it's constantly developing because I'm always figuring out new ways and things that work for people. And um, obviously at the moment, we're in the midst of COVID-19 and I've switched everything over to Skype. I actually have realised clients get more out of a Skype session, which might sound a little bit crazy, but let me explain why. In a Skype session, the client on the other end of the camera... They have to look, see, learn, and train their eye. When people are in a studio, they can almost become a little bit self absorbed. And, and also, on my part, when people are in the studio, it's far easier for me to be hands on and, for example, push the lat out, yeah. make them arch the back more. Um, you know, I, I can be far more hands on and make that happen. Whereas in a Skype session, a client, I have to really break it down for them, and it, we may move a little bit slower, but essentially at the end, I actually feel like the client has more understanding of what they're trying to achieve and how they can achieve it. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, um, moving forwards, I will actually make Skype compulsory the client because it is it is a great additional tool to the studio um and um and then in the studio how i work is obviously they they can it's a different way of learning because they can look at me look at themselves but i do find i can spend a little bit of time going stop focusing on your on certain areas or looking at your best parts you should be focusing on your weakest areas and how you can improve those in the pose. But we get caught up in the mirror. Yeah. We do. And um, I always say to a client, what's your weakest pose? Well, and generally it's that last quarter turn for, for, you know, 90% of people, it's that last quarter turn. Oh, that's a bit of a bit of a weak side. I can't rotate as much. I can't flare that lap more. Okay. What pose do you practicing the most? Oh, that other side pose, because it looks (laughs) better and it feels better. Yeah. Okay, quick tip. Always work on your weaknesses. So if you've got a weaker pose, your strong pose will always get stronger. Always. Work on your weaker poses, because they will actually, because you have to break it down more, and usually you tend to find your weaker pose is, if you're right-handed, your weaker pose is your left side, because um, naturally your right hand, we rotate, to the left more, yeah. we use the we use the lap more without even realizing it. Um, and on the other side, it's not as active. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that mind to muscle connection, that cognitive behaviour, it hasn't got a strong signal. So you've got to really break it down. So if you can break down your weaker side and understand it, then naturally the stronger side, you will naturally start to break that down and understand it more. Anyway. Yeah. Um so so there's a few different aspects. Now, videoing yourself is crucial because when you're just practicing in the mirror, like I just said, you're you're drawn to your best poses. You're drawn to doing those poses that you look best in. Now, when you record yourself and watch it back without a mirror, you will actually actually realize um how much you are replying reliant upon the mirror. And um, what you have to remember is on stage, we don't have a mirror. Yeah. So if you get to two weeks out and you start practicing without a mirror, I'll guarantee you all of the mistakes that you have noticed at two weeks out, you're not getting rid of them by the time you get on stage because the body reverts back to type. And um, there, there's, there's a phrase the path of least resistance. And that's what the body and the mind takes. Yep. And even when it comes down to posing. So if you've got little bad habits or there's a pose that's not as strong and you need to adapt them and change them, that's not you're not overriding those without some serious, serious practice.
0: Yeah. What I like, just to interrupt, is that not only do you come from experience, like you break everything down so logically and so chronologically is like it is great. It's it's very much like I always say to my clients, I said I'm O C D with everything. Yeah. You seem exactly the same way with all those poses, which is great. Um, if we were to touch on, we take we take all your experience, we take all those strategies. The one thing that perhaps is the hardest thing to probably teach is confidence with posing, right? Some some of the people will call it the sass in, in, in the female game mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm sure that in classic physique, I don't, I'm not sassy, right? So <laughs> sass could, could be referred to the female side of things. Now, I think that that probably can either make the difference between a good poser and a great poser. Now, for yourself, it comes naturally. But what I'm thinking is that, that female that's perhaps doing her first show, she's 18 weeks out, and she's terrified. Is there a yep. way that you would perhaps give advice to that girl? Is there a way you can fake it till you make it, or is it going to be learned over time, do you think?
1: So um, I think, obviously, it this comes with um, a little bit of time of ex- and experience because... That first time on stage, no one can prepare you for that. I, I, can, I can literally get you to the door and I can get you ready to step on that stage. But how you respond in that moment and how you can stay switched on and in the game, that comes, it comes with experience. Now, obviously, there's things you can do um, mindset-wise, which will really help you say in the moment. And there's a few things that I use when I'm working with people, and um, one of the main ones which I find works really well is visualization, which may sound a little bit corny to people, but I always say, okay, go and watch the pros, because essentially that's what we are working towards. Yeah, we yeah. want to emulate the pros. That's the end goal, um, and. Watch them. Don't just just look at them at all. Watch how they move. Watch how they present. Look at the tiniest thing like a shoulder pop or when they smile, how they smile, how they project out into the the audience and the judges. Pay attention to that. And um, if you feel a little bit silly and awkward, imagine yourself doing that visualize yourself doing that and you'll naturally start to bring that to your own practice and without even realizing um, another tool that i find really works well is simply after pulling a client out of their comfort zone <laughs> So, you know, um, what generally we are working stages in the studio and, you know, the stage walk and the presentation is really the final aspect for me. I tend to find anyway, say I've got someone who's a complete beginner, it's their first session, they're 18 weeks out, they're just learning the basics and fundamentals for the first time. My job is to get someone not only to, to you know, take on board and learn what I'm teaching, but is also my job is to, is to help them feel confident and install confidence in them and tell them, you know, point out their strong their strong points. And um, when they walk out, I want them to walk out feeling like, yes, you know what? I've got this, I can fucking do this. And, you know, I've given the tools and then it's up to them to go away and work with them. Um, now, say if I'm four weeks out and there's a client and we start to walk and I go, oh, okay, this walk's not very good. I'll just bring it out of them. Um, I try not to put too much emphasis on the technique of the walk. And I'll just say to them, one of one of my standard ones is, um, okay, so you've just walked, you, you've got your best dress on and your best heels. You've just walked into a bar or, or a club. That guy you fancied, he's at the other side. You <laughs> I like want it. him to notice you. Give me your best walk. You want that whole room to stop and stare. Usually it works. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean I've... women
1: get that like that peacock thing going on. <laughs> and it just comes out and then once I see it, then I can just pull it out more and more and more. Yeah. But that is just a, it's a style and it's a, a personality and a confidence thing. Sure. I've... And once they start to to see that and, and then they see it in the mirror, immediately what happens? Confidence.
0: Booms. It builds. It builds yeah. and booms. I love that. No, I mean not only have you got the knowledge experience, but like you understand people yeah as well and, and that's maybe perhaps one of the lost things it's the case of right this is a, this is a side chest this is a side tricep this is a front double bicep this is the bikini shot. do it unfortunately mm-hmm. not everyone works that way and you no. seem to, you seem to have a, a real sh- like good way of teaching the same things to different people but in a completely different way based upon their individual needs is that right
1: absolutely and that is such a, a huge aspect of teaching because like you just said, there's, there's, there's one thing being taught your quarter turns and, and, and you know, being just taught what you should be doing, but I need someone to really get it. And in order for someone to get it, no one learns the same. Just like some people don't do a side chest the same. Some people don't have the same front post. You have to slightly adapt it for each person. I have to slightly adapt how I teach for each person, whether that is technique, whether it's bringing, you know, tapping into them somehow or connecting with them to, for them to feel comfortable um, and to, to really bring that style and presentation out of them. So um, I think that's just something as well. I don't know whether I just understand people or, or I understand just because maybe maybe because I am a dancer and a performer, you have to switch roles a lot. And as I danced, I had to learn I, I did um, I, I did styles everything from bright dance to to Latin American to ballroom, and you know Saturday night I might I, I might be a salsa dancer, Sunday morning I might be a bright dancer. Yeah. So I, I had to learn to switch the cap, and also as I started to choreograph and work with other dancers on that level, I then had to adapt how how they learn and how they um, how how I can work with them, and I think that really just transfers over into posing coaching as well
0: yeah absolutely 100% now have what I wanted to to, to really pick your brains of was that you've been to many shows you've watched them all you teach everyone day to day one important thing and I'll I've sat in this in the sort of seats and shows as well and I've seen great posers but yet there's no emotion there's no smile there's there's nothing and then I've seen someone who perhaps isn't as conditioned maybe doesn't pose quite as good but ultimately places above them so what I want to ask you was, how important do you think that the eye contact or the smile when posing, you know, should be? You know, so some people kind of will go on and they're so robotic, like, okay, I go here and then I go there because, you know, it's maybe their first time or they've got that, that just plastered. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone that's watching on YouTube, it's just, it just did a, a, yeah. straight, a straight smile. So, you know, is there anywhere that emotion should be shown, shouldn't? What do you think?
1: I think um, part, part of that, really people are drawn to watch you more and you can't help but deny when you see somebody on stage with personality and um, with stage presence, you, you want to watch them. And, you know, um, I mean, realistically if one has a better physique and they've got uh, they're, they're hitting the criteria better, really this shouldn't come into play. But I really think as you get into, you know, moving from amateur to pro, it does play a part in it because when you're at that level the the physiques are so close between them because they're all pro level that presentation it can it can step you up to a higher place And and um, i do think if you again i think it comes down to champion mindset do you want to step on stage and bring a whole package Or are you happy to just step on stage and just, you know, not worry about this or connecting with the judges and just showcasing what you've got? Now, that just comes down to each person's mindset, doesn't it? And how bad they want it. I mean, when I was, um, when I switched to figure, it was a new style of posing for me. Um, Very much so, very different to toned figure. And I literally studied the IFBB figure prose and I already knew in my head I was stepping onto an amateur stage and I wanted to step on already looking like a pro. So I watched how they walked. I I looked at the moments that they connected with the judges Um, I looked at how they manoeuvred across the stage at the back of the stage. And I was like, that's, that's how I'm stepping on stage. I'm stepping on stage like a pro. And um, again, I think, obviously again, it's something that comes with experience and being comfortable on stage as well. But, ultimately if you want to bring your best package and you really do want to stand out from the crowd because here's what i usually say say it's really close between you and the person stood next to you you've both got very similar physiques you know the shape the balance the condition the frame but the girl next to you she's smiling more and she's a little bit more sassy and she's got more presentation who's gonna win yeah next to me so that's what i always say you know don't don't be beating on something that is actually well within
0: your control yeah 100 percent. and working with a lot of bikini girls often say that in some shows it's it's hard to pull apart sometimes the top three yeah and, and it's always the ones that can flick the hair the best that pop the yeah. shoulder the most that do the little yeah. wink that i, tr- I i'm not going to try and do an example of that <laughs> because <got> it's <laughs> <a> little <pop. laughs> because it be terrible but as, like, I think, as you said, you're instantly drawn to just being like, fuck, they look Yeah, good. yeah. And then th- there'll be times... them stand out. There'll be times in call where, like, my other, other coach, Ali, is like, oh, Avon, did you see her? And I went, no, I was too busy looking at them too, because they were yeah. just giving it all this and whatnot. Yeah, And then, yeah. Lo-, lo and behold, who's who's in the first call-outs is is the people that you were looking at. Yeah, Now, yeah. we spoke about ga- uh, females, that whole, like, there's a guy in a bar and he's looking at you on the yeah. tea walk. Now I actually know that there's a lot of guys, especially men's physique guys, that will do like a T walk or an eye walk, and they're petrified. Or they go eyes to the floor, yeah. yeah. bodybuilder to yeah. the front. How should they walk? Should they walk like? Because what I would say is, that if you told me to walk like, oh, there's a girl looking at you, I'd walk in a way that maybe people would say, Vaughn, you like fucking idiot. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> so how how would you how would you give that advice to some guys?
1: For the guys, it's, it's, um, it's confidence. You, you have to walk with confidence, you know. Your your energy should be open and out. And if that means, you know, you prick your chest up a little bit, you slightly pull, well, don't pull the shoulders back, we'd maybe do that in a bar, but, you know, you're, you're slightly popped, you're engaged, the midsection's tight. It, it's it's a level of engagement. It's not necessarily walking with the lats pulled out and the arms out. And... Um, and it, what I tend to try and bring out in the guys is that almost imagine you're like like a, a catwalk model. Okay. And again, it might seem a bit, you know, a little bit cheesy, but essentially it, it's trying to get someone to vision themselves like something else. Yeah. And once they start to do that, again, they start to emulate it. And I tend to find with the guys, they... The guys, like, they naturally find their own swag. So the girls have stats, the guys have swag. And yeah. you tend to find, once you kind of explained it to a guy, they, um, they're they quite good at watching, you. Uh, and, and I use the same technique. Go away, go and watch the pros. How do they walk? Oh, I hadn't even thought about how the pros walk. Go and watch them. Try and just emulate <clears throat> yourself and looking like that as well. Um, so there's definitely an element of swag for the guys. Um, and it's just making sure that you... Because I think as well, what you do in the studio, you want to do that times 10 on stage.
0: Yeah.
1: And naturally, you tend to find that happens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just making sure, pull yourself out of the comfort zone, even the studio. You know, if you feel uncomfortable in the studio, because I get some clients that say to me, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it on stage. Like, I'll smile and I'll do this. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. 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 We need to bring it in the studio because if you feel uncomfortable in, in front of me and I'm here, I'm on your side. I'm here to help you be better. Yeah. Um, I generally find that they crumble on stage. Yeah. Because they think they're prepared and they're not.
0: See, I've got zero swag. That's why I just did men's physique once and then took three years out and did classic physique. Zero classic,
1: swag. though, classic is like a, a swag style in itself. It's in a whole different league. See, I, I, you know. I, it's I, not the, like
0: the just, understated, um, regal. Yeah. I think that the way I described it is, like, I haven't got men's physique swag, but I can be a bit of a graceful ballerina in classic physique if I want it. That's exactly it. And, and, and that's, that's, what, it. that's what I describe it. Now, yeah. what what I wondered, you work with hundreds of men and women, or you have done over the year, maybe probably thousands, actually. Now, <laughs> what we'll probably see is, we see a lot of men and women in the gym. They train really hard. They've got an awesome physique. But they'll go to a show. They're interested in it. They go to a show, and then they see the bikinis. They see the t walk. They see the quarter turns, and they instantly go, in their head, I can never do that. Hmm. Now, what would your advice be to those girls? You know, they're sitting there in the show, they, they think, I'm, I'm just going to look stupid up there. Now, yeah. you, you've mentioned confidence a whole lot throughout this episode, and I think that you know a lot about women in general. Do you get, to add to that, do you get women that, are, that perhaps show up to your sessions and they're literally petrified to do it? Yeah. And, and if, yeah. So, if so, what do you do with them, or what would your advice be to... To someone out there who's sitting there going i just i just don't i just think i'm yeah. stupid
1: i am um, the the biggest the biggest worry i tend to hear from athletes is the posing routine oh my god i've got to do a posing routine oh my god i've got to dance on stage whoa 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 <laughs> let's learn to pose first because don't worry about the routine side of it because essentially we work to your strengths. And all we do is showcase your best. That's that's your opportunity to be on the stage by yourself and just work through your best poses. And we put some nice little transitions in between and we do it to music. It's not daunting, doesn't have to be backflips and splits and whatever else people put in there. So first of all, it's just putting their mind at ease with that. Don't worry about it. Like, let's just learn to pose, first of all. Um, I can also get people that come into the studio and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. Like, I'm nervous to be in here with you. I'm nervous that I've I've got to learn. What about if I'm no good? And I literally straight away, bam, let's nip that in the bud. You're here to learn. I'm here to teach. Trust me, you're going to walk out of here feeling so much more confident after this because... Generally, as well, when someone is a first timer and they come into the studio, they have never been shown how to pose correctly. So they've actually never seen their physique, how I teach them to present. So immediately, as we're working through the quarter turns, and they're they're they picking up that lat flare. They're seeing that oh, actually I've got a nice and um, I've got a nice X frame, or oh actually I've got really where did those lats come from? Guaranteed, someone who walks in who is feeling nervous, um, they walk out and they're pleasantly surprised and they're, they're almost excited by that point. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think as well, it all becomes clearer. They understand. They now have an understanding of what they're working towards, which then essentially people get nervous and anxious because and anxiety is not knowing what's in the future and what isn't coming, what is coming, and you don't know um, how to handle that. But as soon as they start to learn it and they go, oh, now it's starting to make sense. Oh, actually, I'm starting to look like a bikini
0: girl. Yeah, 100%. straight away. That little, like what you said there about, you know, you, you pop something and you go, oh, I could, like, i I'd done a couple of posing sessions with, with, with Steph, and I still remember kind of like, I look and I go, Oh, and it was kind of like, you kind of smiled to yourself, like, fuck oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, didn't
1: know that was that. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh look at that quad striation, didn't know I had that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Or, what perhaps, I, like from a coaching perspective, sometimes of an athlete's came on board, they said about competing, and they send you like their first photos, just kind of sort of untense, front, front side yeah. in the back. I go, right, we, we've got a, you know a wee bit to go, another year and a half, two years of growing. And then they go to a posing session they come back and I go, fucking hell. Yeah, you're
1: like, okay, you're a little bit further ahead than I realised. It does make such a difference.
0: Yeah. Such a difference. Yeah, 100%. But I think that, like, from my point of view, I, it was as, an, as a coach in the younger in my younger days, you know, I'd never placed emphasis on posing at all. I, I was always about, you know, are we conditioned enough? Are we going to be ready? Yeah. And, and I think that it, I was so focused on just like, right, just make sure my client doesn't go on stage, like having too much body fat. And yeah, know, whereas, yeah whereas now i think that having just some experience i'm like right that's going to be taken care of because if they're not they're not going to go on we're just going yeah. to push it back and from from straight away as soon as they come on board i'm like you want to do a show wait like how are you really opposing send me, like with check-ins with kind client, client come on board i'm like send me a photo of you doing your managers yes you know what I mean. yeah
1: so it, immediately they're starting to drill that in you yeah. know so and i think as well another thing that plays a huge factor is that Competing has become so popular over the past three years, let's say. The standard has risen. Yeah. So what I brought to the stage in my first show would not be acceptable. It wouldn't happen. It's like it's very unlikely that that level of posing would happen because now, firstly, there's so much information and content out there that's accessible for free. And, um, you know because the, the the level and the volume of, of athletes is higher and bigger, people are coming on stage for the first time. I mean, some of my first-timers, they start a year out, they get onto stage, and they look better than some, some experienced poses that I've been working with for maybe two, three years because they've got a different mindset. Yeah. 100.
0: You know, they're hum-
1: these first-timers, they're hungry for it.
0: Yeah. I and then
1: utilising every single tool that's out there.
0: Yeah. I, I love the saying that's often that the wolf that's that's climbing the hill is hungering the wolf at the top of the hill. So yes. that's, that's exactly what you can describe it as posing that. So there. true, so true. One of the last things I know, I know we're sort of pushed yeah. time here, but one of the last things I want to ask you is that if we were to just speak about uh, bikini specifically, because a lot of my bikinis was asked if I could please, 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 Vaughn, get you on the podcast. <laughs> so hopefully they're listening. But if we could just, just nail down, now I know... Like, federations are completely different, right? You've got two bros, it's different from PCA, and whatnot. But if we were to just take across the board the sort of criteria that judges might be looking for in bikini, on the mantras and the t walk, little sort of advice about what that would be, any advice for girls out there that they could take on board straight away and impact into their posing.
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely going to separate, like, um, PCA style and IFBB style because sure. they, they don't cross over. Um, so let's start with PCA. My, um, my first thing would be to really understand your posing criteria, really understand what the judges are looking for, understand the X-frame, what is your X-frame? Shoulders fully capped, highest widest point is your top line, lats fully tapered, because the more of a lat spread we've got, the smaller the waist looks, that's what we want in bikini. Um, Making sure that your lower is balanced with the upper, and now apply that rule all the way around. So even on your side poses, show the front shoulder, show the front lat, because the more that's pulled out, We've got an upside down triangle and that's what you want to apply to all of your quarter turns because that will then give you the X frame all the way around. Um, Try and get rid of any bad habits, you know, things that maybe make your lines and angles look off, i.e. too much of a bend in the knees. And if you cannot see a wide lat spread, the likelihood is, is that you're engaging your lats. So that would be for PCA. And then for IFBB, I would say, um, understand again, same thing, understand the pros and criteria. It's not an X-frame. Um, they don't want to see, with, with um, IFBB, it's very much so about the style. Pay attention to the hand and the arm placements it's very different to PCA and um, just make sure that you um, understand what your heart turns are, look at the style and the transitions. And probably one of the main things that I see in IFBB posing is probably again, just, you know, distorting the angle too much that it looks clear that, Oh, you act, that's not your natural physique. You're, you're you know, you're bending too far over or okay. the knees too bent or what have you. Um, so just really pay attention to your basics and fundamentals. Um, and again, with IFBB style and presentation, show your personality. Um, and and um, yeah, I think I think that would be it for both of those. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it,
0: it is so different, right? You look at the IFBB yeah. one, like you don't see much emphasis placed on the lats it certainly looks to me just like it's focused on legs and then shoulders when they turn when they turn to the rear it's just sending kind of glutes and hammies that they're looking at right yes yeah so from the
1: rear there's there's no lat spread they're not interested that's the whole reason the hair stays down the back is because if you think about it the level of condition that you see on those pros on an ifbb stage then you can see hamstring to glute tight so you've got to have a real level of condition to see that now usually with females we get extremely lean through the upper body before we get lean on the lower half yes. and um the overall look of an ifbb bikini girl is they they don't want to see heaps of condition um and separation whereas with pca you can they they don't mind that because it's a smaller frame you will look at the girls in the british file and i always look at them some some of them
0: going ah <laughs> yeah
1: Lead, wow um but because it's on a smaller frame it it it, it, it serves a purpose you know and and, and it, you know it, it it works well for their criteria but with um with ifbb i didn't want to see that so don't flare the lads and um, keep the hair down the back and really focus on the foot position and also the stretch and the engagement are to show that hamstring to glute tie in as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, no no X frame, no X frame in that rear pose at all. No flat front X frame and to go front pose is is obviously a side face and not front on.
0: Yeah. absolutely love it. Now before I ask you the thing that I always ask my guests, one thing I wanted to ask you is how empowering or how much joy do you get from that sort of when someone walks in the studio or on Skype and they go from what you can probably tell is quite a scared individual to then walking out like as you said like strutting like a peacock like yeah could you could you sum up in a few words how that feels for you oh
1: um, do you know what it it just makes me feel so grateful that I get to do this every single day and that I get to play a small part in people's journey and i give them that confidence and you know i really um, am able to show them how to be their best or bring their best on stage and share my passion with them as well
0: yeah absolutely love Sorry, it. that wasn't a few words <laughs> no I, I absolutely love it it was just a question that came to mind now <laughs> this can be bodybuilding related this can be anything to do with in life but what would you say in life has been your biggest learning to date? And, and from that lesson, has there been any advice you would give to someone out there listening?
1: Um, so when I was, before I won my first show, um, I did the NABBA universe. And um, four weeks before that show, my dad died. Oh. And it was a real moment of, right, am I, am, am I going to do this? Like, am I going to continue and try and make it through this last four weeks of prep? Um, and if I do, this is going to be really fucking hard. Like, if I, but then I thought, you know what? If I can get through this and get on that stage, no other prep will come close to this. Yeah. Like, and nothing's going to be as difficult. And in that in in that four weeks, um, you, the dark places that I went to, I never had to revisit those again because every prep after that. I realized how far I could take myself and it would never feel as, as dark and as tough as that. Yeah. So my advice would be when you think you are working hard or if you feel like, you know, you can't work any harder, you can work harder, be better, improve more, bring your best. Um, and that was that was a really really huge turning point for me because I think after that I did nothing. I actually don't think I realised how much harder I could work and what I could maybe bring. And I think after that after that, and I think that's probably plays a huge part in finally that mindset of getting that first win, getting the world, getting the British, and then you know just just from there kind of almost exploding as an athlete because yes. I understood where I could take myself.
0: That's a that's a truly inspiring story. Would you say that it was those sort of last four weeks that made you into the Emma Hindman, the posing pro that you are today?
1: Yeah, many there's many factors, and I've always had um I've always had a champion's mindset in there, but that that moment really forced me to tap into that and even understand it even more.
0: Sure. Sure. So
1: definitely played a huge, huge part for sure. That's awesome.
0: Now, for anyone listening out there that wants to get in touch with you, they're thinking, you know what, that she she floats my boat, I wanna get involved. Can you yeah. just tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you? Website, Instagram maybe maybe you do book signings which day they could could sign your book (laughs) Um, that'd be great when the
1: book comes out I will let you
0: know yeah
1: so yeah you can if anybody wants to contact me find me book in for a session um, online posing coaching um, any of the online tutorials um, or the online posing course everything is on the website now so all you need to do is visit www.theposenpro.com you'll find it all on there if you want to find me on socials we've got emma hyman the posing pro on instagram and the same on facebook and the Pose and pro on youtube as well so i try
0: and cover all platforms fantastic fantastic now Thank you for coming on to today's podcast. It was um, super valuable. I mean, it was super insightful for myself. And, like, all I want to do now is just finish recording this and just go start posing in my... (laughs)
1: um, Get in that studio straight away. Get that practice going. Hopefully everyone else will feel the same.
0: Absolutely. So anyone that listened there, I'm sure that you could agree that from Emma and myself, we say, give it the beans.